irreverent, entertaining, cool. You're listening to LA Talk Radio. You're listening to The Power of Love Show, only on L.A. Talk Radio. Welcome to The Power of Love, sponsored by the D.D. Jackson Foundation. We are here to provide hope, resources, and a community so no one feels alone in their grief. I am T.J. Jackson, and with me today, I have my brother, Taj Jackson. What's up? What's going on, Taj? Yeah. And we have uh, co-host, Royal Jackson. What's up, guys? How you guys doing? Why is your voice lower than mine? Yeah, it always is. <laughs> we are live on the Power of Love show, so if you're listening to us right now, thank you for joining us. Later on in the show, we're going to open up the phone lines. Uh, we're going to take some questions via Twitter, of course. Todd is on the on his phone right now, but I, I trust he's doing social media work. It's social media. He see? showed me, so it's confirmed. He's he's already on it. Where's the apology? Did I say you weren't? Or oh, did I said I, I was on my phone. Okay. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> it sure. It was implied. I'm, okay. So an implied <laughs> apology as well to you, Taj. Twitter handle is at DDJ Foundation. If you want to tweet, if you want to ask questions, uh, have some comments, make sure you could do so at DDJ Foundation. Uh, disclaimer. We are not licensed therapists. We're just ordinary people who have experienced loss in our lives. We've been impacted by it, and we've learned from it. And we want to share our opinions and attempt to help you overcome whatever it is you're going through, saying that if you need professional help, we urge you to seek it. And to find it, do not just rely on us. Right, Taj? Exactly. Right, Royal? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's get into it. We have a a good show. A great show. We have a guest uh, who is going to join us on the line. Dr. Rosalind Tompkins, um, hopologist, Dr. Rosalind Tompkins. Um, but before we get to her, Taj, how was your week? Um, week was good. I saw a lot of family this week, which was um, really cool. I saw Grandma, Jeribi, nice, Stacy, Austin. Um, I, I could go down with Lil Randy, yeah. but it's uh, I saw them on um, Saturday, and then Sunday saw Auntie Lourdes and her whole crew on it that's right Uncle for Mike. easter sunday yeah so it was great i mean it was really you know it's always great hanging out with family and stuff like that so it was kind of a back-to-back good weekend usually i don't have anything to talk about about my week but that was a really cool week well t- i mean you did just state that you saw family list a bunch of family you didn't really specify what exactly you did but it's okay Oh, so in terms of, to. oh yeah. yeah. For for Saturday, we uh, went to the Kingdom Hall okay. for mem- more, with the with memorial, her. which we do every year. Okay, and that was incredible. It's mm-hmm. always incredible. Um, um, and then um, on Sunday was with Auntie Lourdes Easter Sunday. Yes. Anything else exciting for your week? That's as far as I can go back. I don't I'm, without cheating and looking. Okay, yeah. that's good though. Yeah, you did well. Thank you. Especially on the short notice, because usually Terrell goes first. So yeah, I'm proud of you. It seems like there's going to be a good show for you. Ta- uh, Royal, What was you, anything exciting for your week? No. No? No, just video games. Video games. Uh, what, what's the game, Royal? Fortnite. I saw your highlight clip, by the way. On, on, on Instagram? Instagram. Which yeah. one? The, the sniper one? Yeah, the, of course the sniper one. That's a nice one. That game's that good? For him. Yeah. It's fun? Yeah. 
But you, I thought you didn't like like cartoon looking games. No, I don't like uh, Overwatch. He he just doesn't like Overwatch. He, he doesn't like team play games. He likes he likes being on his own. I, I, I play Counter Strike. That's a team play game. Yeah, but you can single handedly beat win by on your own. I like Counter Strike. Okay, forget Counter Strike. Real quick, one more question on video games. Fortnite. It seems like it's a huge phenomenon. Every kid is playing. It's the Fortnite. biggest phenomenon. Uh, has it surpassed last year's Overwatch? Yeah, it's a different. It's a different. It's a, no. It's surpassed. I Overwatch. have to say. Well, I have to say one thing. One's I, I'm free, watching one's sports cli- uh, so, clips. There you go. Okay, I'm watching sports clips and seeing people doing dances from Fortnite. So it, well, it's free. So how can you compete with free? You can. That's also a better game. You yeah. can't compete with free, but I get your point. It's very it's free difficult. Doesn't, free doesn't matter to Drake, and he plays it. Mm, free doesn't matter to Drake, but Drake also knows that it's popular. <laughs> Trust me, if, if five people were playing, Drake wouldn't be playing it. You agree with that? Huh? No. He's he playing okay. he plays 2K. All right. Anything else, son, with your, your week? Anything else exciting? No. Uh, we were in Vegas uh, for four days for spring break. Mm-hmm. Um, we were trying to go see uh, Grandpa, uh, but we didn't make it in time, unfortunately. But we had a good weekend. We saw the MJ1 show, which mm. was fantastic. Um, but that's why we weren't in town for the yeah. Saturday event. But we made it back, like you said, for Auntie Lourdes' thing. And it was, yeah, it was always great good. seeing family. Um, I'm trying to think what else we did. What Anything else we did? No? Not much, huh? I, I, it's weird because as we get older, it seems like... I, obviously, time flies faster and faster, but it seems like life gets simpler in a way. No, it's just repetitious. Yeah. Re- repetitious? Okay. Well, you guys ready to go right into our show? I'm always ready. Royal, you ready? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Remember, <laughs> what are you doing, son? You're drinking a Subway drink while I'm about to start my intro. <laughs> you got to always be prepared, young man. All right. We're laughing. All right. <laughs> On today's show, we have a doctor. Doctor. Okay. First, I should say it this way. She's the founder and president of Mothers in Crisis, Inc., which is a nonprofit organization committed to linking families and communities together to provide networks of support and encouragement for families to live productively, empowered, hope-filled lives. Love it. Um, she's recognized as a hopeologist. I love that term. I've never heard that term. Have yeah. you, Todd? No. This is the first time I've heard it, but I, 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 it's I cool really term. love that term, So she, she's recognized as a hopeologist. She's received a doctorate of humanities degree from the Fivefold Ministry Theolo- Theological University in 2012. She, uh, it recognized her as a humanitarian for the work that she has done to end drug and alcohol addiction. Wow. Without much further ado, uh, Dr. Rosalind, I hope I'm saying that right, Dr. Rosalind Tompkins, are you with us? Yes, I am. First of all, honored to be here. Thanks for joining us. How was my pronunciation of your name? Wonderful. Okay. You can correct me. My (laughs) brother will correct me. So if I say something wrong or if they do, please correct them, okay? (laughs) Okay. But you're doing good. Cool, cool, cool. So my first question, Dr. Ross, first of all, thank you for joining us. Um, My first question to you is, hopeologist, is that a legitimate, okay, legitimate is the wrong word, but is that a real (laughs) term or is that kind of a slang term or what's hopeologist? Well, hopeologist, that's my trademark 
Ooh. <laughs> moniker. And it's it's uh it's patent with the US Patent Office. Beautiful. Like and uh an hopeologist is someone who's filled with hope mm-hmm. that empowers others to spread hope by making hope connections. In in essence I, I believe that I can change the world through hope. Beautiful. I love it. Yes. Beautiful. So you're not only a doctor, you're an entrepreneur because you trademarked hopeologist, which yes. is which is cool, which I love. Um, did you think of that name real quick or that term? Oh yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, <laughs> it's like, yeah, I okay. So this month as in April, um, it's, it's a big month for us. Our mother who the foundation was, was built upon, um, her birthday was actually Sunday, April one. So April's a significant month for my brother wow. and my family. Um, and for you, uh, the national month of hope, April, is that correct? Yes. How did yes. That, how did that come about? And and I know you had a big part of making it National Hope National Month of Hope. Is that correct? Yes, absolutely. And and I just like to say it's a wonderful, wonderful thing uh, that you guys are doing uh, in the name and in honor of your mother. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I'm sure that she is uh, smiling Aww. at you from from all of the good love and goodwill and hope that you're putting out there now That's right. in her name. That's right. Uh, the April is the first ever National Month of Hope, and basically it was established through Mothers in Crisis over, it's like we've been in existence now for 27 years, and on our 25th anniversary, we actually went to our city and county, I'm located here in Tallahassee, Florida, the capital of Florida, and on our 25th anniversary in 2016, we got proclamations declaring every Friday as Hope Universe Day. So for about a year, we celebrated Hope Universe Day. Every Friday, we'd say Happy Hope Universe Day, and we encouraged everyone to celebrate it. And we decided to take it to the national level, and we applied with the National Day Calendar and send in an application for April, which is our also our anniversary month, to become the first ever National Month of Hope. And out of 18,000, approximately 18,000 applications, they chose 30 for that particular season, and uh, we were one. Mm. So we found out in, in June, and we've been uh, preparing for it, and we had a big kickoff on Sunday, and... Uh, just really getting the word out there and encouraging people to take the hope challenge, which is to think hope mm. and to make hope connections. Okay, so the, yeah, you led right into my next question, the uh, hope challenge. It's something that we're all going to be trying to do, hashtag hope challenge on all our social media. That's the goal, correct? Yes. Okay, yes. so what is exactly is the hope challenge? And um, yeah, let's start with that. What is the hope challenge? Well, the hope challenge is we're challenging people to think hope and then to make hope connections. And by think hope, uh, basically what we're saying is, is a lot of times when things happen, uh, we, all, we automatically think about the negativity or the badness or how hard it is, how challenging it may be, and sometimes it leads to uh, a place of, of hopelessness. And as a matter of fact, I believe the United States is facing a hope crisis mm. because for uh, the past several months, several years now, 
the suicide rate has increased. And at, at one point in our history, it was going down. But now, from 1999 through 2014, it's actually increased 24 percent. Wow. And that's a sign of hopelessness. And with so many other social issues and things that's going on, sometimes people uh, have a tendency to give up, but it starts in your mind mm-hmm. when you right. think that, you know, there's no hope and, and nothing nothing can change and why am I here? So that's why the challenge begins with thinking hope. And we're telling, we're asking people, we want to inspire at least 10,000 over the year uh, hope connections where you, first of all, connect with hope and you begin to think, well, you know, hope is future-oriented. So even though it may be bad right now, it's dark right now, uh, there's always tomorrow. Things are going to get better. As long as there's breath in my body, there is hope, and I am breathing. So beginning to look for the hope in the midst of the the challenge, that's the first step. And then the second step is once you find hope and you have hope, make a hope connection with someone else by spreading that hope. Have a hope chat where you talk to someone who may be experiencing uh, hopelessness or maybe just down, you know, maybe just, you know, not having a good day or or maybe a bad season and being equipped to go to that person and using the seven steps that we outlined and bring hope to them. Mm. And I believe that if, if we can do that, if we begin to do that as a nation, uh, we could change the world. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I have to go back to something you said, where you said since 1999, we've been actually suffering from an increase of suicide. Is that correct? Yes. Why why do you think, Dr. Rosalind, why do you think our youth is struggling now, more now than ever, or more now than than it was 20 years ago? I believe it's because of of, of so much that's, that's going on. Uh, especially when it comes to the, uh, the the shootings, the mass shootings that's just taking place everywhere. Um, you know, our political climate is so divisive mm-hmm. uh, today, and uh, and and even with the natural disasters that 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 have taken place and continue to take place, and it, it's it's just so much mm-hmm. that our that our young people are going through. And as a matter of fact, these statistics are from the center for disease control and prevention, and the percentage increase in suicide rates for for females was greatest for the ages of 10 through 14. Mm. And for males, it was uh, 45 through 64. That's interesting. That's interesting. Mm. For for females, it's it's the 10 through 14, the young, you know, where they're still developing and still learning what the world is. And then for men, it's kind of uh, later down the road. Hmm. Okay. um, The next question I wanted to ask you is how can, no, let me ask you this. I'm sorry. This is, this is an important one. You, I assume you're a mother, correct? Yes, I am. Okay. So I have my own theory or my own approach, but when, when you sense a child, whether it's your own or another child is struggling in life or, or has seems to have lost all hope, what is something that our listeners can latch on to, some piece of advice that you recommend or something that you do that you see that seems to be effective and, and working well for, for your situation with, with that person? 
Well, one of the things, the greatest compliment that I've, I've ever received in my entire life came from my daughter, who is an adult now. She is, uh, she's 30, and uh, she's married, and she has, and I have grandchildren. I have three grandchildren, and the, uh, the youngest one is, uh, I think he's a month old now. Oh, wow. He just came here. Wow. congratulations. <laughs> yeah. But uh, several years ago, she said something to me uh, that, that really blessed me. She said, she said, Mama, you know, you are the most positive person <laughs> that I know. It's, it's, she said, every time we talk, you you will bring you always bring it back to a positive place, mm. and and that was before <laughs> I had been deemed as the obologist, and uh, but it was just uh, out of my own circumstances uh, and the things that I went through when 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 I was when I was hopeless when I was yeah. struggling with drug addiction yeah. for twelve years and 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 I went through some some really dark dark times. And uh, coming out of that on the other end, and it being my daughter, Janar, whenever I was pregnant with her, that actually brought hope to me for the, for the, for the time, for the first time in a long time. And I called her my baby of hope. And when she came along, it, it just changed my whole paradigm. I, I, I connected, I reconnected with my faith uh, in, in God, and, and I just, it was just a, a, a turnaround, and it started with, with how I saw the world, so was and I began to uh, to look for, for for that hope. Was that instantly? Was that right when she was born? Was there an incident that that kind of triggered that that change for you? <laughs> well, that's a loaded question, TJ, because <laughs> uh, I had gone through so much, as mm. they say, many bottoms. So by the time she came, it was the catalyst. Yeah. to to bring about the change it, it was like okay enough is enough i had i had already lost one baby mm. uh as a result of 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 using while pregnant mm. and uh, wow. i had to deliver her stillborn and by the way all of this information i've i've written about it and and it's available out there because i i use my story to bring hope that's one of the reasons why i am a hopeologist because yeah. uh because i don't mind sharing the 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 dark times so that we that's can right help bring you to the light that's right exactly. and uh so i guess by the time i, I had her, she came along uh it, it it was it was just about time yeah beautiful. it was about time now you just said you, you shared all this uh and and i guess it's a good time to mention your book well you have four books uh you have nimble anointed words and power you have there is hope you have you are beautiful <clears throat> and then you have as long as there's breath in your body correct Yes, as long as there's breath in your body, there is hope. Okay. And that is my signature book, and and I'm also in the midst of writing a sequel and also uh, writing a, a screenplay. Wow. Oh, cool. So that's the book to start with. That would be the <laughs> Yes. Okay. As long yes. as there's breath in your okay. body. And in that book, you kind of share your personal story. And, I, and I, I, I think it's very admirable that you do that because what we've learned um, I don't know how much you know about us, but we're from the Jackson family where we've been really private and taught to be private. But we've kind of mm-hmm. learned that the more we can connect with people and be... And share our story. I don't want to say authentic because we are authentic. It's just, like Tasha said, share our story. The more we can share, the more impact we actually have. And I commend you for writing you know, about your story in your life 
and as you know, and I, I'm sure as you've heard from readers, it's made a difference in their life. And I just advise mm-hmm. everyone who's listening that you know you're not completely alone. You're not weird for for whatever you're going through. And the best way is to to connect with people and and get it out. Would you agree with that, Dr. Rosalind? Oh yes, oh yes. And I, I you know, I always say that in the beginning, like when my daughter, she was just a baby. And um, and and I would do all these interviews and in the magazines and different things, and I was like, "Dog, I seem like I'm, my business is all out there." And and I'll never forget, I I, I heard the Lord tell me, "It's not your business, <laughs> you know, mm. it's my business." And someone needs to hear your story. Mm. And basically, uh, whenever I realized that, and and I saw the impact over the years uh, through Mothers in Crisis the organization that I founded to help other women just like myself, uh, I realized the power of the story, and, and, and that was decades ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I've been, I've been kind of sharing it ever since. And, and I did want to say I, 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 I am honored to be with you guys. The Jackson Dynasty oh. is, is just so <laughs> wonderful <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> to, uh, to, to, to see what you all are doing now. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Um, well, thank you for that. Very sweet. Question. Mothers in Crisis. Can you? Yes. I, I know it's your nonprofit. I, it, it's pretty telling what it's about in your in in the name Mothers in Crisis. If I'm a mother and I'm suffering, some it, it, basically, who's the mothers you're talking to, and who are you trying to reach out to for Mothers in Crisis? Well, over the years, it it has evolved. Uh, in the in the very beginning, it was it was mainly for the mothers that were struggling. Uh, because of the drugs and alcohol addiction, and uh, and for the for the children, for the for the babies, and for the children that were uh, being born at that time, it was a big crack cocaine epidemic, mm-hmm. and uh, wasn't wasn't much help available. And I was I was a single parent. I just gotten myself together, and I really believed that I could help my sisters. I remember thinking that if I'm free, and uh, and they're not free, then am I really free? Mm-hmm. And the answer for me was no. And it was especially during the time when they were jailing mothers for putting them in jail for, for, for using mm-hmm. and, and all of this stuff, this crisis, this big, big crisis going on. So we started out that way. But over the years, we realized that you cannot work with the mother without impacting the whole family. Right. So we started programs for the children, uh, kids in partnership programs, we programs for the teens, and so just working with the whole family. Now, fast forward to today, our main thrust is this hope message and spreading hope and getting the message that as long as there's breath in your body, there is hope mm-hmm. and the power of hope out there. What we do on a local basis, though, we we continue on a voluntary because now back then we used to I used to write grants and manage grants and we had all these programs and stuff but here what we're doing now is all voluntary so we work with women uh, and families when they come to us but we don't do the direct services we mainly refer them and give them information referral services to other yeah. programs okay it. so it's a, it's a starting point for for yeah. uh, okay well there you go so and then what's the uh, the what is there a website address for mothers in crisis we should be saying now that we've talked about that well 
all of the the hub for all of this information can be found on uh, hope-universe.com, and you can get to it various ways through makeaconnection.com, mothers-in-crisis.com, think-hope.com. It'll lead you to that hub, to that same website, and it has information on there about Mothers in Crisis as well. Great, great. Taj, would you? Yeah, I have a, um, in terms of your approach for a mother compared to a child, what, what is it? Because I, obviously with the mother, there's ex, there's more experience. And in, in terms of that, do you? what's your approach in terms of talking to children or talking to teenagers compared to talking to a mother or in that way? For hope. I'm well, with, with hope? Yes. You know, that, that's a good question uh, because that is something that we definitely want to continue to do, and that's to reach the millennials and the young people uh, in, in order for them to carry on this legacy. And one of the things that I see that really makes a difference with my, uh, with my grandchildren and, and some of the other uh, children that are part of the organization is the... Uh, the the fun when you when you can bring the message to them in a fun way uh for instance when we had our kickoff of the april as the first ever national month of hope we released balloons in the uh in the sky because hope is like helium in the balloon it causes you to rise up above your circumstances Mm -hmm. and uh before we released the the balloons we shared uh, about what it was all about and then we and and we had all the kids out there, and we allowed them to to you know to release the balloons and just just kind of getting the message across to them in in ways that they will uh they'll they'll receive it, it'll be fun, they'll understand it because uh when you look at those statistics, I always say those are people they're they're not just numbers, and we're talking yeah. about yeah. ten year olds who are killing themselves and you know. People, young people who just start now in 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 life, and and it's like whenever that early they they don't see the hope. There's no hope around, and and they don't feel the relevance of of even remaining here. Mm-hmm. It's it's just something that that I believe that we as as parents and as and as adults have to uh, make this life uh, as much as we can exciting and fun and and keep them future oriented mm-hmm. because because that's where fu- that's where hope lies it lies in the future that's right exactly um we have a twitter question in terms uh it's from toria she says um have have you ever met someone that was in such dif- uh, such a difficult situation that you didn't manage to impact positively and give them hope i've never met anyone that I didn't plant a seed of hope in. That's great. Now, what happened uh, to the seed, sometimes I can see it, and they are they are around, or they'll, uh, you know, send me an email or some type of message later on and tell me how it made an impact. And then some I can't see. But I believe that the the power of hope and the power of our of our love and our and our ability just to, to to connect with others will always result in a good seed being planted in their heart, and that and that I just believe that uh, 
that the seed will grow and it will bear fruit. I, so that's how I look at this now. I love that answer. Uh, I think I think it's such a strong answer because sometimes, you know, if if a child of ours or a student or you know if we're a coach if we, if we're not connecting with a child and we feel like you know they're not making the change sometimes we can beat our own selves up. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. I, I think what you said is so right. I think we have to take the approach of making sure we plant a seed. And, and just can try to continue to water the seed until things change for that person. Another thing yeah. I think I love, I, well, I know I love what you said was when you said future-orientated because I think that's one of the biggest issues. I think a lot of times people who have lost hope are so wrapped up in their current situation in any present turmoil that they're not seeing the long, the big picture. Um, mm-hmm. And is there... Is it, I assume that's something that you kind of stress when you're dealing with anyone who's in a crisis. The, do you try to inform them that it is a long road and things will get better? I assume that's one of the approaches you take. Yes, that's that's. Uh, we have a seventh step approach that we uh, that we are encouraging everyone to to use, and we call it Ip Glee Woo because it stands for identify, prepare, go listen, encourage, empower, and wrap up. <laughs> and as a part of that, of those seven steps, uh, it, it, it really is getting to the place where you are listening to that person, where you are connecting, and where you are committing to continue the conversation with them if they would, if that's what they want. Mm. And also empowering them with some type of, of of information and support that will help them because because uh, in order for hope to really be powerful, there has to be help as a part of it. And even if you don't provide the help, you can know where they can go to get the help mm-hmm. or either bring the help to them, but in some way empowering them. I mean, it's not enough to say, oh, I know everything is, is going to work out, it's going to be better and then just leave it at that, you need to take the steps, the next step and say, you know, I'm, can I continue, may I continue to check on you, or may we continue to have this conversation, may I offer you some information that may be helpful, mm-hmm. and then really asking them, what do you want? Because that has always been so powerful, especially whenever I was, out in the field, and I was working with the women uh, many years ago. I'll never forget this one young lady who was uh, pregnant, and she was abusing crack, and and I'd gotten a call, and they sent me out to her house, and she had some other children. The children had been taken, and I went to her, and she was crying, and and I knew what my role was to get her into some type of treatment on behalf of, of that baby. You know, that was the, the thing that the state had, had sent to me, mm-hmm. gave me the mandate to do. But when I looked in her eyes and she was she was crying and I said to her, I said, I said, so what is it that you want? And she said, I want to see my kids because the other kids were with their father. And she said, I hadn't seen them in months and he won't let me see them. So then I said to her, I said, well, I will help you to see your kids. I said, but you 
would you do this for me? Would you agree to go into treatment so you can see about that, that, that baby that you're carrying now? Mm-hmm. And she did. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that was one of the, the, the success stories where mm-hmm. she was able to see her kids and she was able to have a healthy baby. Beautiful. Wow. Beautiful. All right, we have Dr. Rosalind Tompkins with us. Hopeologist, I love that term. I do too. Such a great term. (laughs) She is joining us, giving us some incredible wisdom. If you want to learn more about Dr. Rosalind and what what she's done, including four books, you can go to www.rosalindytompkins.com. That's www.rosalindytompkins.com. Is that correct? Yes. Perfect. Okay. Another question for you, Dr. Rosalind. I know you said your daughter was a huge catalyst for you to pull yourself up and and to start, you know, you on the mend. Was there another figure, whether it was an adult or a parent or, you know, a passion, anyone who kind of was your hopeologist who, who helped you? inspire you to beyond beyond your daughter because i i can relate to a child helping change your life but was there a, a figure as well an older figure oh oh yes there were there were many along the way that that planted seeds that mm. that sometimes it didn't look like <laughs> that they, the seeds were going to bear any fruit but my mother and may she rest in peace mm. uh she never gave up on me and uh and 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 it was it was just something about her unconditional love that uh that that continued to compel me to want to do better and and i thought about that how that really made the difference in my life and i wanted to be that for other women who didn't have a mother say their mother uh you know for whatever reason weren't wasn't able to 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 be that person and provide that type of unconditional love but i i knew how powerful that was mm-hmm. and not that she gave me uh money and things like that because she knew that, that that's not what i needed but it was just like every time my my back was against the wall and and i looked up and and there she was you know mm-hmm. there she was <laughs> she didn't yeah. she didn't give up mm. wow can I ask you a couple of questions about your drug and alcohol addiction? Sure. Okay, so you started at age 12. Mm-hmm. To me, that seems so, like, unfathomable. I mean, we grew up different. Dr. I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> we grew up different, I don't Dr. think it's unfathomable to but some people. But yeah, for we, some people, yeah. I understand that it's not unfathomable. Yeah, it's around them all the yeah. time. Yeah, it, when it's around, you know, in your community yeah. and, and pushed upon you. Um that's that's something that we've got to change as a society. Uh, mm-hmm. Are we making progress in that way? I mean, to to hear a twelve year old can be addicted to alcohol and drugs bothers me, you know, and and it hurts me. And I and I want to yeah. make sure at least, or I, I hope that we're 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 helping to change that. Are, are you thinking we well, are? Well, no, no, TJ. I don't see it. I don't see it changing. Unfortunately. You know, as a hopeologist, I wish I could say yeah. that, um, but I but I am hopeful that we can change it. Um, it just seems as though with the uh, the legalization of of marijuana mm-hmm. and uh, the you know the relaxing of of some of the laws there, it's just making it more plentiful. And uh, because if you think about it, 
the number one drug that's abused in America is alcohol. And alcohol is legal and has been uh, for decades. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so now we're, we're going down that path of legalizing marijuana, and we have. And I just believe it's just going to make it a lot harder and a lot easier for our young people to, to get involved yeah. younger. Yeah. I, I think it's also, um, if I can interject, I think it's also what they see on TV or in videos and the cool factor of it, you know, yeah. with alcohol or with, uh, with cigarettes or with, mar- the, there's a, there's, yeah. there's a, they see their, I don't want to say heroes, but they see people that are, that, quote, they look up that they look up to doing that at, and, and they don't realize that at a young age, it's, there's responsibility in this and that, and they want to be cool in, in that way. And if there's their peers that are probably doing it around them, and if they don't do it, they're not cool. And, mm-hmm. and, and that's the thing, too, is whatever as society we deem cool, you know, the vices, there's always like that spike mm-hmm. in terms of what happens afterwards. And, and um, it's like a re-education in a way that we have to do as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, I believe so. And just just continuing just to uh, to do your part and and just share your truth uh, with with those that are that are in your in your sphere of influence and uh, like I said so those so those good seeds in the midst of it all because the truth is always going to win in the end it's going to always uh, be that thing that 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 comes shining through right right a question for you back to the hope connections. 10,000 yes. is the goal for the year, correct? Yes. How do, and, and I know you said this, and this is one of the earlier questions, but I have to say, I have to admit, I'm still a little confused. How do okay. I make a hope connection? You can make a hope connection by having a hope chat with someone. And, uh, and so it starts with thinking hope. Okay. okay, so you get your you get your attitude, your mind in the right place. Okay. And then going and having a whole conversation or a whole chat as we call it with someone. And then uh just what? sharing it. If you could if you could email us or, you know, send the information of, of, of what happened. Just talk about what happened when you went to someone or someone came to you and using these seven steps, uh what happened, mm-hmm. you know. And and that's a that's how you make a whole connection. Okay, and one more time, the seven steps. You, I know you said them, but I love them. So can you tell them, repeat them one more time? Yes, uh, the seven steps are identify. So you identify someone who needs hope. Okay. You number two is you prepare. So you prepare yourself for the conversation. So you got to. Pre- and how you prepare yeah. is turning turning on your belief that things can get better. And putting on unconditional love. So you prepare so yourself you prepare. before. You got to prepare yourself, correct? Yes, you prepare yourself. What are you going to say? Because Hold on. you have to have hope in order to give it. Yes. Uh, okay. That's, basically, as I say, it's <laughs> like a battery. Say? You have to be kind of charged to yourself to, before to, you can help others. Yes. You can help recharge someone else. Okay. So we identify someone. We prepare ourselves. And, yes. And then number and three. And then number three is you go. You go to them, and you look them in the eyes, and you say something like, I care about you, and I wanted to check in with you and see how things were doing, how things were going, mm-hmm. and how you're doing. Okay. 
Step four. I could do all that. Step four. Okay. Then step four <laughs> uh-huh. is the listen. So as they as they share after you've gone to them as they share how they're doing, you listen to them with a hope face. Now hope face <laughs> is yeah. a face that is uh, is is warm, is kind, it's is is exuding uh, that you do care and that you are attentive to to what they're saying. So you listen with a hope face. And, and and I assume the hope face is a non-judgmental face as well. Oh yes, yes, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> okay. absolutely. All right, just clarifying. Okay, so we got identify someone. We got to prepare ourselves. We got to go mm-hmm. to them, and and tell them that we care about them and we want to check in. And then number four, yes. we listen to them without judgment, uh, attentively, and with love. Yes. Yes. Okay. And then number five, after they finish sharing, you encourage them. And you can say something like, I understand why you might see things that way. And then you ask them deep down, what do you want most? That's when you ask them that question. What do you want most? It's a great Mm -hmm. question, actually. It's a great, great question. Yeah. What are you looking at me like that, Rola? (laughs) <laughs> He's looking at me like, why haven't you ever asked me what I want most? It'd be a call. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what is it that you want? <laughs> okay. So you encourage them. So okay. you, cur- you encourage them, and then you ask them that question. Okay. And step six? Step six is you empower. And after listening to their answers, you empower with something like, I have an idea. May I share it with you? So now you're asking for permission to share with them your thoughts mm. and maybe some help beautiful can do i so far i'm on board okay and and the last step and the last step is a wrap-up where you can say something like just know that i'm here for you and yeah. i believe that things are going to get better and remember as long as there's breath in your body there is hope and you are breathing and you know just something like that to let them know that it doesn't have to end here um, that that the, it, we can have an ongoing chat, and that becomes a hope fusion if 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 you continue on with it. Yes, that's a, I love those steps. By the way, did you did you okay. come up with those, or is that something? Oh yes, we did. We we spent a lot of time. Me and my hope squad. I have a hope squad. I love that, that. Uh, <laughs> that's I a love part that. of Mothers in Crisis. I, the hope squad. I love it. Yeah. I, I, like you live in Hopeville and the Hope Home. Yeah, <laughs> everything is hope. Hope squad. I like. That. I love it. Okay, so is, is am I reading this? Yeah. Okay. Terrell Ter- wants you to read it. Okay. We have a uh, we have a, a question from our brother who who texts us. Yeah, instead he text, of calling in. Yeah, and, and and I got to give him a quick shout out because he's on vacation. Yes. He's not in town. That's why he's not here. Oh. And he's still plugged in. And he is so you know. It's probably loud in his car because. Um, I know they they like to have fun. No, and it's stuff very, like. really cool. Okay, so here's his that's question. That's why I didn't call in. Here's his question, Dr. Tompkins. Okay. Uh, he said, hey, bros, and hello, Dr. Tompkins. I'm in San Francisco right now, but I'm listening to the show and really enjoying it. My question is this. With so much craziness going on in our world today and staying with the theme of hope, how do we balance sharing the state of our world today without injecting fear and doubt? Suicide rates are growing, and with social media and other outlets, it's not as easy to guard and protect our youth. Should we even guard them from such things? How do we continue to give our kids strength, inspiration, and hope when there's so much hate and fear in our world today? It's a lot of questions, but it's, they're yeah. good questions. They're great questions. Yes. Yeah. 
Yes, they. That, those are those are wonderful questions, and and I and I believe it just it, it boils down to uh, the things that we've been talking about. When you make that, when you have that relationship, good relationship with your with your with your children, with the with the young people, uh, they they have you have a door to their heart, and and when you begin to share uh, the positive things and things of hope even in the midst of everything else that, that, that they are receiving, because you can't shield them from it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but nevertheless, you can be a shield by giving them that positivity, the truth, the hope. You know, yeah, things are, are, are like this, but we can do this. Or let's look at this. Let's look at what we can do to make a, to make a change, to get mm-hmm. them active, to get them involved. So... So I believe that uh, that that is the hope. The hope is for those conscious uh, individuals like you guys uh, who are who are making a difference and who are willing to step up and 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 let your let your positive positive voices be heard. And I mean, the power of love, boy, that's a I love that. I love the name <laughs> of your show. Cool. I mean that that is it. You know, yeah. there's no greater power than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, so you know, I just encourage you just to continue to do that, and and just know it will make a difference. Now, they may have to go through their own challenges and their situations. We all do, but mm-hmm. I believe that if you have those those seeds that are planted in them, that that they'll be all right. They'll come out on the other side stronger for it. That's right. That's right. Uh, Taj, was there anything else? Um, I yeah, I have a question in terms of. Uh, with ho- the message of hope and and this and that, um, what would you say is like the greatest enemy of hope, in terms of what you you see in 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 terms of in this in the world today? Like hate, hate. That that that's why we uh, we we launched a hope not hate campaign uh, mm-hmm. several months ago, uh, especially during the time when it was just so much uh, so much rhetoric. That was that was being uh, uh, put out there, uh, hatred, mm-hmm. and uh, I think that's the that's the biggest uh, uh, enemy that we have to hope because whenever you allow that 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 uh, evilness of and and that cancer of, of hate to come in into the equation, it, it just kills all the hope. Yeah. So so what we what we it, what we were encouraging people to do and what we were doing. Is uh, is is putting out messages of hope to counteract that hate, mm-hmm. and uh, and and just to let people know that it, it's not about uh, focusing on what some people may be saying or may be doing, but it's about making sure that you stay in that place. That you know there there are ways that that we can change this. That if we need to uh, vote all of them out. Uh, whatever we need to do, mm-hmm. we we just need to to realize there is hope. We can make a difference. We don't have to go toe to toe with 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 all of that hot air and rhetoric that we hear out there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, as the hopeologist, not as a hopeologist, but I'm gonna call you the hopeologist. Um, are you hopeful with where we're going currently? I am. Okay. I am. I'm I'm very hopeful because. We just had a mass uh, shooting uh, in in Florida, mm-hmm. in Parkland, Florida, and uh, at at one of the schools there, where seventeen uh, people were killed, mostly mostly students. Yeah. And 
when that when that happened in, in, in a couple of maybe a couple of months ago now, yeah. uh, but when that first happened, I, I tell you, it, it kind of threw me for a loop, and I I was spiraling in a in a hopeless place because I I was thinking about Sandy Hooks, and I was thinking about our young people, and I was like, boy, you know, this thing is is, is like out of control. What are we going to do? And then as I continued to to just watch and, and, and look at the situation, I saw the young people, the students, yeah. they came to the, the Capitol here in Tallahassee, and, and they were um, uh, meeting with the legislatures and meeting with the, and they were, I mean, these young people, <laughs> I know. they were on fire. They was like, vote <laughs> them out, vote them out, yeah. never again. And then all of a sudden, as you all see, the different rallies that has taken place and everything, yeah. and that brought me hope. Yeah. I said, well, you know, it's always like that. That was the, in the civil rights movement. The young people, they mm-hmm. rose up. They started sitting at those counters, the freedom riders. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and sometimes that's what we have to remember, some of us, you know, that's been here. Like, I've been here for a while. We've been out here for a while. And sometimes you could say, well, wow, just nothing's changing. But we always have to remember that there's a generation coming behind us, mm-hmm. and we can support them. We can encourage them because they are our future, and that's hope. Just beautiful. Okay, and Taj, is there something else? No. Uh, okay. Yeah, I mean, we have a question for Twitter. Yeah, real quick. But I think that it was answered. Um, how, do, how do we stay positive when there's so much hate and violence yeah. around us? So yeah. I think, okay. I, I have to ask you a quick question, Dr. Rosalind. Can you yeah. answer this? I assume there are moments, not much, because you're, you are the hopeologist, but there may be a time or was a time recently where you kind of lost a hope or uh, some type of doubt and if so how did you eliminate that and recorrect so quickly is there is it a book or is there a phrase or is it just because that's your mentality was there something that has helped you recover back into the world of hope when when you had a tribulation well at this point in my life i only surround myself Mm -hmm. with hopeful people my husband is, is <laughs> oh man, he is he is awesome. He is he is hopeful. Uh my my hope squad, you know. Mm-hmm. All all of the people that I really uh that, that, that are in the inner circle. Mm-hmm. So so maybe I may be down, then they'll lift me up and vice versa. So we just kinda keep a hope sphere. We call it a hope sphere. Yeah. Where it's a hope atmosphere that that even if we start going off on a negative uh, path, because it's easy to do that, yep. mm-hmm. we we'll always make that U-turn and come back around and, right. and say, okay, now let's let's find the hope. Where's the hope? Where's the oh, hope? And I, I guarantee it. you, when you when you seek for hope and you look for it, you will find it. It might just be a little flicker, but 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 that flicker will shine and shine the light in the midst of whatever the darkness is. So that's how I do it. I just I just surround myself with the with the hopeful people. I love it. That's, that's great. great, great, great advice. And I think that speaks very clearly and loudly and, and profoundly to people. Um, you got to select yourself, put yourself with, with great people. Okay, so we are, Dr. Rosalind, we are basically out of ta- time. But what I like to do is give our guests 30 seconds or so to, uh, to say whatever it is you want. You could promote something. You could talk about it. You could say a phrase. Whatever you want, 30 seconds, go ahead. During the month of April, which is our first ever National Month of Hope, I encourage you to make a hope connection with someone and to think hope. Because remember, as long as there's breath in your body, there is hope, 
and you are breathing, and people need hope. Beautiful. Beautiful. There you have it. Uh, Dr. Rosalind Tompkins, the one and only, oh, I don't know, one and only, I'll say the, the founder and the main hopeologist, uh, <laughs> partake in this hope challenge, hashtag hope challenge, uh, inspire people, bring people hope. We went through the seven steps to do that, uh, make a hope connection, and for any anyone who wants to read any of the books, she has written four great books www.rosalind r-o-s-a-l-i-n-d the letter y tompkins t-o-m-p-k-i-n-s dot com that's the hub where you can get all types of hope we all can use it and dr rosalind i just want to thank you on behalf of both of my brothers uh taj antero and royal for for joining us and spreading that hope to the world so thank you so much for joining us um, and thank you. No, no problem. Um, anything else, Todd? You no, want to say? I, you know me and hope. So okay. <laughs> really, Doctor Robin, thank you, thank you, thank you. It was a great interview, and 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 I know you made a difference. So thank you so much. Okay, thank you. Take and you care. guys keep going, keep we doing will. what you're doing. That's it right. Makes we, a difference. That's thank right. You. We will. Thank you, Doctor Robin. Okay. Bye-bye. All right. God Take bless care. you guys. Thank God you. Bye bye. Bye bye. I think that was. That's right up my alley. I right, love Taj, you. You're, oh my you're an inspirational, positive yeah. guy. So I think it was great. You know, um, Rose, anything? You didn't really talk today, man. Mm-hmm. He's listening. Yeah, okay. He's, listening. As long as you're taking it in. Um, we have to roll. We are out of time. We will be back here next Wednesday, 1 to 2. And um, that's pretty much it. Taj, anything? No. All right. Well, everyone, have a wonderful rest of your week, and we'll see you next week. Stay hopeful. Thank you for listening to The Power of Love. We are here to provide hope, resources, and a community so no one feels alone in their grief. Support for our Power of Love radio show comes from a variety of generous donors, including supporters from institutions, individuals, and corporations through the D.D. Jackson Foundation. DDJF is a nonprofit 501c3 organization.